Hi, and welcome back to the Mindful Sport Performance Podcast. I'm Dr. Keith Kaufman. I'm Dr. Tim Pinnell. And we are very excited to have with us today, Francis Cardenas, who is the mental skills coach or a mental skills coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, For the past five years, Francis has provided mental performance coaching to diverse athletes at the professional, collegiate, and youth levels in Florida, Massachusetts, Puerto Rico, and Mexico. She played NCAA Division II volleyball at the University of Tampa and later earned a master's in mental health counseling with a concentration in sports psychology from Boston University. After graduating, she worked as a mental health counselor with Doc Wayne Youth Services, providing sport-based group therapy to kids aged five through 18, and in 2019, accepted an opportunity to be the bilingual mental skills intern at the Philadelphia Phillies which led to a promotion to her current full-time mental skills coach position. Francis is currently working to become a licensed mental health counselor and a certified mental performance consultant. So thank you so much for joining us today, Francis. We are really excited to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. This is an honor, so I'm excited. And Francis, you were kind enough to, to offer to begin our episode by leading us in a brief meditation practice. Yes. So we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to do an ice meditation. So for this meditation, you will need an ice cube, kind of like a prop. So I understand that we're you know, in a podcast and you might be listening from you know, anywhere or if you're in your home right now, maybe you want to pause it, go grab a, a piece of ice and, and come back and play it whenever you're ready. Okay, so like I said, we're going to be doing an ice meditation. So in this meditation, we're going to practice uh, exploring different sensations and the thoughts and emotions that arise from those sensations. So please take a moment to find a comfortable position. Begin to feel the surface that you're sitting or lying on, noticing all the points of contact with your body. And go ahead and pick up and hold the ice cube in the palm of your hand. If at any point this becomes too intense, you may of course drop the ice, but make sure to continue to take notes of any thoughts, feelings, or sensations that you're experiencing. Feel free to gently close your eyes or rest your gaze in the spot on the floor in front of you. Keep the ice in the palm of your hand. And this may become uncomfortable, but that's okay. Let's take a deep breath. Now, notice any physical sensations, thoughts, or feelings that may arise. Allowing them to be as they are, rather than what your mind tells you they are. Simply hold them in your awareness. If you're able, explore those thoughts, feelings, or physical sensations with curiosity. If you're having discomfort, stay with your discomfort and breathe with it. If you notice yourself tensing up and resisting or pushing away from your experience, acknowledge that and try to observe whatever it is you're experiencing. Simply allow any thoughts sensations or feelings to exist 
and try to make room for them. What physical sensations are you noticing? Does your hand feel cold, hot? How about the rest of your body? Do you notice any other physical sensations there? You may be having new thoughts along with the physical sensations. So take a minute to notice those thoughts. Are there thoughts of anticipating pain or discomfort? Are there worries of what might happen? Of how long you'll have to hold on to this ice? Or thoughts about how messy this might be as the ice melts? What emotions arise with those thoughts? Notice and observe any emotions you may be feeling, perhaps anxiety or fear, or maybe you're surprised, content. What other emotions are you experiencing? Take a moment to observe your breathing. Are your breaths quick and shallow? Are you taking slow, deep breaths? Now come back to how the eyes feels in your hand. Allow yourself a moment to open up to the sensations and explore them. Perhaps the ice is still solid or perhaps fluid. Perhaps you notice the feeling of the liquid pooling or dripping in your hand. What's the temperature in your hand right now? As you focus on these physical sensations again, are there any new emotions that arise? Take note of these emotions. Don't struggle against the thoughts, feelings, or sensations. Instead, try to open up and make room for whatever you're experiencing in this moment. Approach these sensations with curiosity. Open yourself to the physical sensations, the thoughts, and the emotions that arise right now. Notice how they change over time. Slowly and when you're ready, bring your awareness back to your breath. Take a couple deep breaths, taking a moment to be with your breath. And when you're ready, you may put the ice cube down and come back to the room.
That was great. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity to share that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> What'd you like about it, Tim? Well, it's just so evocative. I mean, it, I mean, it really, I mean, it gives you something to pay attention to, right? I mean, it just mm -hmm. creates so many experiences. I mean, I so quickly noticed the way my whole body braced mm -hmm. in response to the uh, sensation of the ice cube. Um, and like, so like really allowing myself to like, right, the, the, the pain, I guess if you want to call it that, the discomfort was like in my hand, but I was like, felt in my left shoulder, you know, I was like, oh, right. why do you let that go? I like, you know, so it was like a really interesting observation of just like the way my body reacted to that discomfort. And then like, for me, what it ended up evolving into was like, like once I kind of let my body relax into it, I was like, oh yeah. Like this feels totally manageable and like immediately projected into the future of like, so I can sustain this. So like I'm now out of the moment, I'm thinking about what's happening next and then feeling really proud of myself of like, oh, I'm such a good meditator that I can do this. Like it was just so, <laughs> I mean, it, it brought so much stuff up that I think um, doesn't, you know, always come up if you're just looking at your breath. So I just, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but it's interesting you say that because that is a similar experience to the players that have done this with before. Um, so I primarily work with Latin uh, guys at the Philadelphia Phillies and um, their exposure to mindfulness prior to joining our organization is little to none. Uh, so when I started doing these meditations with them, uh, regular breathing, paying attention you know, to your breath meditations, they often fall asleep. Um, mm -hmm. Or when I ask like, how was that? They're like, oh, that was awesome. I was so relaxed, you know? Mm -hmm. So they think I'm teaching meditation as a relaxation technique, um, which it can be obviously, but I try to teach them, right? That the purpose of, of doing this is how do we train our awareness? How do we train our attention to pay attention to what we want when we want it? And uh, one of my colleagues, Tanya Belosowski, she used to uh, be a mental performance coach with the Mets last year. She she showed me this meditation. She's like, try this one, you know, maybe it'll, get, it'll definitely keep them awake, you know? <laughs> um, and, and that's exactly what, what happened. You know, you see them, I did this over Zoom during, um, during the pandemic. So you see them like their faces of discomfort. You see a couple <laughs> of them like, you know, dropping the eyes and, and, and the discussion after was so beautiful of how like there were, there were friends. like, it, it was hard to pay attention to it, but it came a point where, where we were able to kind of let it go, right? And we were able to to say like, hey, this isn't as bad as I thought it was at the beginning, which creates a lot of cool metaphors with, you know, their careers and, and their routes and and how they, you know, they're coming from a, an international country into the United States, not knowing the language and, you know, facing all the different challenges that they, they do face in addition to, you know, trying to earn a spot in a very competitive professional sport, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's just so, I don't know, like that, the fact that you've been able to just kind of meet this population that you're working with in this way to like really find the door. And I mean, that's certainly been my experience working with, you know, different, um, different athletes, different teams. It's like saying the same thing in a thousand different ways and just finding, finding the way for this particular person you're talking to for the light bulb to go off. Mm -hmm. um, and so just to, to hear how you've been kind of exploring that and finding the doorways in is, is, is so cool. Yeah. I which can... is, I think one of our biggest hurdles, right. It's like, how do we make sure that this is appealing to such a variety of, of people in our, in our team, right. We have guys that come from all over the world. So how do we make sure that yeah. this is something that's kind of like, you know, link with them uh, yeah. and, and so many different people that we have.
Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you know, the literature, the research on mindfulness has just been kind of exploding in the last decade or two. Um, but there's still it's this real dearth of research about like diverse populations when it comes to mindfulness. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's this way that you're kind of on the on the cutting edge, on the forefront of figuring out like, yeah, how do we do How do we do this with a Spanish speaking population? Right. Like, how do we do this with a team that has English speaking and Spanish speaking people, people from different cultures and different countries? Like this feels like such new territory. Yeah. So how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so first, first it obviously helps, right. That we, we have a, a bilingual uh, person in the department. Um, we also have like Jeff Miller, who's also speaks Spanish and like has had a lot of experience working with these populations as well. So I think for us, it's, it, it's more of like, okay, let's take a step back and like meet them where they're at. Right. Like what is their background? What do they know? And you you have to kind of like go into what they want too right like what is it that what's their goal like they want to make it to the big leagues right so how do you how do you help these guys like and you know they're the experts i i never played baseball i never played softball so for sure they're the experts in their sport um so i kind of approach it this way i was like okay so you're the expert on baseball i'm i'm the expert on the mind or i try to be you know <laughs> so let's meet in the middle here. Like you, you know, you know, your game, I have some stuff that can help you. So how do I approach this in a way that he's going to be, you know, willing to say, Hey, I kind of, I kind of, you know, want that I want to make it. And if you have something that can help me, then absolutely bring it, you know, and, and that has been my experience so far. Um, if you are willing to take a step back and listen and see what it is that they want, you know, you get to meet them a little bit, where do they come from? What, what is their educational background? Just because they come from the Dominican Republic doesn't mean that they don't have education or that they do, you know? And, and yeah, and kind of like seeing as a culture of one and, and, and figuring out a way to get them to slowly like, you know, bite the cookie and like, okay, try it, try this, try this for five minutes, try this ice meditation, how that feel? And, and go from there, yeah. Yeah. So I, wonder, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to, to how that works, like what, what your day-to-day looks like, because, you know, something that comes up so often in our discussions and, and certainly in our MSPE work is this idea of integration, this idea of it not being like a, you know, I'm going to show up, I'm going to deliver an intervention, then I'm going to leave kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're talking about is really getting to know an athlete first, taking the time to understand what what are he, he or she is looking for, what's going to be appealing to him or her and finding a way, like, I love the way you said that to kind of meet them in the middle. And so how, how does your program work where, where you're able to do that? Like, what, what does that look like for you guys? A lot of our work is one-on-one, uh, but we also have this, these optional mindfulness sessions that they can come and like join and, and sit and take and, you know, get a taste for it. And the, the core of it being one-on-one, what I like about it is that I can, individualize this right and and make it fit each player uh differently so let's say a player comes in and he's like struggling mostly with um managing some conflict at home that keeps coming up when he's in the in in practice on the field and you know we talk about it right you give him a space to share that and get 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 it all out in, in a way and then you introduce you know you're like hey remember that mindfulness like meditation that we did like we were training our attention, right, to stay here. And I'm not saying let's ignore whatever's happening at home, right? But how can you best help your family right now? You can best help your family by being here. 
and doing the best that you can in this moment, because that will set yourself up for success, right? If you can pay attention to this moment and do the best that you can moment by moment, by moment that's going to get you closer, right? 1% better every day, uh, closer to your goal. And therefore, you, you will set yourself up for success and be able to help your family financially or however you'd like in the future. Um, so kind of giving them a little tool, little tools, like of maybe practice it, like while you're walking or while you're listening to music, like maybe pick one single instrument while you're listening to that music before, you know, when you're listening to that reggaeton or, you know, Bad Bunny, all the stuff that we listen to in Puerto Rico, uh, before you go out on the field, take one voice or pick one instrument and just really pay attention to it for maybe like a minute, you know? and try to give them manageable ways that they can apply it. So that it doesn't feel like so huge of a task that they just want to like, nah, this is too much. I don't want to do it. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I've never heard about this before. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, at least from, from kind of what you're saying, I'm taking in this real holistic vibe, right? Like, which is something we talk a lot about in MSBE, right? About like athletes as whole people. Right, performers as whole people, right? And this is just one of the things they do. This is just one aspect of their identity. And of course, all the other parts of their identity impact their performance and helping them see that big picture. And I love the way you put that about just like, oh yeah, guess what? This thing going on at home, like a way to address that is by being here now, right? Mm-hmm. And we have this impulse to like deal with the urgent, deal with the crisis in this very kind of short-sighted way without recognizing that sometimes, oh, it's like actually taking a step back is the best thing I can do instead of taking a step forward, right? Or makes me think about how we talk about like recovery with athletes. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you can only improve as like well as you recover, right? So if you wanna get stronger, it's not about like lifting your max every day, that's actually gonna hurt you, right. right? So to be able to see how all these pieces fit together and how mindfulness is just one of those pieces, right? Like you're saying, it's manageable. You can do this when you're just, walk into your next meeting when you're listening to music, right? But it, it, it will help your family, it will help your sport, right? It just, so that, that message feels so resonant with like what we do. And, and help you be a better human. So I think some of my best examples that I give them sometimes of when, they, when they're trying to understand what mindfulness really is and the power of mindfulness and performance, I love using examples like dancing salsa. That's something that, you know, I'm gonna, I can stereotype, right? Like we, most of us Latin people like to dance salsa. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll ask, like, do you dance salsa? And most of them will say yes, right? Um, and I'm like, okay, so think about it. When you're dancing salsa, are you, pay, are you like worried of like, oh my God, what's my next step going to be? Or are you like still thinking of the, the, that past girl that you danced with that you didn't do good when you're going to go dance with the next one? Like when you're doing that, what happens? And they're like, well, you probably step on her or you like <laughs> mess up. And I'm like, exactly, right? So so where's your mind at when you're dancing salsa in a way that's like, like just enjoying the moment? Like, where's your mind at? And he's like, I'm just living it, right? I'm just feeling the music. I'm just here. And like, that's exactly what we want to do when you're on the field, right? I don't want you to stand up to get ready for an at-bat thinking of like, oh my God, I can't strike out like last time. Or, oh my God, I have to get a hit. I have to get a hit because if not, I'm not going to, you know, move up. I'm not going to be able to reach my goal. So that's also an analogy usually like, you know, resonates with them uh, big time. And they're able to kind of understand the power of training, the attention and, and how that in its sense is mental toughness, right? Paying attention to the right thing at the right time. Um, 
But I think for me, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I love about this opportunity to work with these guys is the fact that, you know, not a lot, not a lot of them, if any of them have had any mental training before joining pro sports, right? Most of them sign internationally when they're 16. They left their homes when they're like 10, 11 to be in that dedicate their, you know, their time at a baseball academy to train their abilities in the sport. Um, and then all of a sudden they sign and now they're, they used to be the best in their academy and now they're not the best anymore, right? They're in pro sports around all the other best of the other academies. And they, it's hard, right? It's, it's very hard to be in a new culture, in a new environment it, with this, these pressures that you have 10, 12 family members who are relying on you to get to the big leagues, you know, to make it for them, to get them out of whatever situation they're in right now. And it's, you know, we, I know we all, we all have, you know, our stuff and our pressures and performance. I, 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 I'm one believer that we're all performers in our way. But when you have all that pressure and you're a kid, you're 17, you're 18, you don't speak the language, the, the, it, it can become overwhelming very, very fast. Um, so I try to sell it also as not just like for performance issues, but for you to be able to, you know, take advantage of this opportunity the best way that you can. Yeah. And something that, I mean, obviously it's just shining through in, in the discussion we've had and the meditation that you led it seems like you do such a good job of trying to introduce this idea of mental training, this idea of mindfulness in a relatable way, right? They're, they're, maybe they've never heard of it, or maybe there are stereotypes out there. Certainly, there can be lots of different resistances that exist to, to this sort of idea. Um, but mm -hmm. I, it just seems like, from what you're saying so far, that so much of your approach is around just helping them get comfortable with this new way of of understanding themselves and training. And um, I just love the, the different examples that, that you've given. And, and I wonder kind of how, how you see them receiving this, you know, like you're sort of talking about it from, from your side and, and how you frame the work. And so when you have the 17 or 18 year old who feels all this pressure and you introduce something like mindfulness, or I'm sure you do other things besides mindfulness too, like, mm -hmm how do you see that unfolding? You know, how, how do you see them receiving that? Do you see a lot of resistance? Do you see it really helping a lot of them and finding new ways to relate to all this pressure that they're under? So one of my biggest fears going into this job was that I had in my mind, you know, thinking about the future, these guys are going to be super resistant. Plus I'm a female coming into this world. Like what, you know, are they actually going to listen to me? Like, are they actually going to be willing to try these stuff? And I was, you know, magnificently surprised. Like, you know, you come in with your idea that these guys are like, you know, especially the Latin guys are, we have the machismo in our culture. They're not, they're going to be, you know, tough guys that are just going to, you know, suck it up and keep going. And that's how we survive in like baseball. And that's how we survive in pro sports. And I've seen the complete opposite. Right. And I think it's because when you provide a space for them to be listened and be themselves, like it, it, magic happens, right? So especially at the lower levels, so like rookie DR levels, like the, I came in and I was like, oh my God, all these like young kids, they're not gonna wanna do it. I could not, you know, meet the expectation of how many guys wanted to meet with me in one day or how many guys were coming to the sessions. We, 
I have this like mental picture of like a whole like batting cage filled with like Latin players, like sitting and doing a meditation. And I was like, this is freaking amazing. Like they're actually, you know, they want to do it. And I always have this joke of like, you know, you have to, you have to battle a little bit with the stigmas and what they think you're there to do. You know, I've been called a psychologist and I show up at the DR and they're like, Hey everybody, the psychologist is here. Francis, meet with this one. This one's crazy. And I'm like, hey, guys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I'm like, remember, I don't meet with the, you know, I don't meet, I'm not a psychologist. I don't meet with the crazy people. I meet with the people who want to make it to the big leagues quicker. And Mm. and kind of with the jokey, welcoming sense of like, if if I would have been like, hey, stop that, that's not okay, like the 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 response would have been very different. Mm -hmm. But embracing the joke, joking back at them and reminding them, like, hey, I'm here to help you get to your your goal. That's what I'm here for. You're my client. You're, you know, I want to help you reach your goal. I think that's when I get the most the the best response. And and seeing the growth from a guy that had never heard about mental training before to having an actual routine, like a pre-pitch routine. And you see him standing on the mount, trying some like deep breathing mm-hmm. before he goes on to his next pitch or a guy who, you know, kept like swinging and missing, swinging and missing because he's de- desperate to go up to the next level and taking the time to take a step back and be like, oh my God, if I keep putting pressure on myself to move up, I'm not going to do what I have to do right now in order for that to happen. Um, so it's been, it's been really, really positive, the response that I've gotten from most of our guys. You also have the stubborn ones, obviously, that still don't understand it and think that, you know, they've, they've gone this far with the way that they do things. So why should they change now? Um, but that doesn't mean we don't keep trying. You know, you keep trying to figure out different ways to get to them, different interests that they may have and, and try to connect there for them there. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like, too, like the um this kind of like soft touch right this way you respond when they bring up the stigma or like come talk to the crazy one you know um of course right like as a as a mental health professional our impulse might be like oh my god don't don't say that or you know mm-hmm. um but to to write like to really meet them where they are to open this door because it sounds like from what you were saying a lot of them do end up talking about stuff that you might talk about with a therapist. Like I have all this stress related to my family and, um, and like, yeah, if you put them in a room and said like, you're talking to the psychologist about your family stuff, they probably clam up, but right. Oh no, I'm talking to the, talking to the performance coach, right. But how to make it to the big leagues and like, Oh my God, all this stress is really impacting my performance. Like suddenly they feel comfortable really getting into some stuff that seems pretty important. I mean, even some of the things you were describing about acculturation and this family pressure, I mean, maybe not capital T, but I was thinking like, that's traumatic. Like that's a lot of trauma. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for me having mental health background, um, you know, I think it's something that I see and I can't unsee. Right. I worked for two years um, full-time with an agency that provided sports-based group therapy, uh, Doc Wayne Youth Services in, in Boston, Massachusetts. So I had this opportunity to work with a lot of these, these kids, these, you know, minorities, these immigrants that, you know, they, in a sense, had their own, obviously their own trauma and you meet them where they're at and you see all this stuff and you see how this is affecting their school performance and other areas of their lives. And then I make the switch, right? To mental performance where it's like performance, performance, performance. But let's be real. There are some times that there are certain things that are happening in your life that are affecting your performance in one way or another. 
So to me, it's not, it's not so, so black and white. To me, there's, there's a gray in here that sometimes like it, it's more apparent with, in my opinion, right? In my experience, um, talking to my experience and talking about my experience with the, with the Latin guys, the international guys, because they don't know how to handle that. They, they're, they're faced with extra challenges of these acculturations in these areas and, and coming from very poor and, and, and traumatic backgrounds. Like, you know, you have guys that are coming from uh, homes with, you know, broken homes and you have guys that are coming from that they chose baseball or like gang life, you know, and, 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 and that's just the reality of the guys that we're working with. And I have a big example of, a, you know, a, a players who are like, okay, a player comes into me and he's like, Hey, like I have some, some emotional control issues with my coaches and I'm, you know, I've been yelling at some coaches and I know that I'm getting in trouble for it. And that's affecting my view. Like the coaches are seeing me differently because of, of my response. So we sit down and we start talking about it. Right. I can, we talk about, you know, okay, let's start to recognize when, when does it come up? Right. Like when, when do you start to feel angry? What can you do then to kind of like intervene and not scream to the coach? Can you go for a walk? Can you drink some water? But I tell him like, these are, are bandages, right? Guritas, what we call them in Spanish. They're bandages to what's really happening because he had shared some information of how he'd lost his dad when he was 11 and he felt like he's always been angry after that. And and some, you know, a situation at home where like mom wasn't working and then he's trying to like make a buck when he's 12 years old on the streets and has a lot, has, you know, witness a lot of community violence and stuff like that and that's coming up and I'm like hey like I'm giving you some bandages like that can help your performance but if you really want the change to see the change like let's address this let's like set up a meeting with their EAP let's figure this out you know so that we can find you someone that can help you with this so that this can be better instead yeah. of just like hiding it away so 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 yeah so I see it you know I see the gray I see how it's not, I can't just expect them to like learn these techniques and apply it on the field if they are not doing the work for themselves as human as well. Right. Well, that that's mm -hmm. brings up that example is such a, a rich one. Thank you for sharing that. And it, it, it brings up what I imagine is a real challenge in your role where you said, you know, you, you've worn these different hats in your career and now you're clearly a, a mental skills coach but some of these athletes have clinical issues. And as you said, you can't unsee that. And so it sounds like you have to really make a clear distinction, I guess, for yourself mm -hmm. and also for the athletes about what your role is and isn't. And so how, how do you navigate that? I, obviously that's a big discussion in sports psychology more broadly, you know, the ethics of performance versus mental health and how, how you walk that line. Now, clearly you have training, right? Mm -hmm. to, to be able to deal with both sides, but, but in your role, how, how do you navigate that? So it's hard. Obviously, my, my first impulse sometimes is to go there. Like, I want to go there. You're opening the door. Let's go there. Right. Um, but I remind myself that in this role, in order for me to be able to do my mental performance job the best that I can, I need to let them know. Right. Hey, like right now, my, my focus is on your performance. I'm not the most qualified person to help you with the mental health piece of it. But I want to do that with you. So I kind of I see it as like, okay, I'm going to help you get to work into the, get to the help that I want you to get, but I'm not going to give it to you. So I'm holding your hand while we find a referral. I'm 
holding your hand while you're going through these sessions, I like follow up after and say like, Hey, how did that go? How did you feel? Did you like the mix? Do you want a new therapist? You know, they kind of like being this like, kind of, I guess like big sister role we can say of like, Hey, I'm here to help you. I'm a coach. I'm here to help with the performance, but I know that this, this is stuff that I want you to kind of get some help and, 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 and figure out with. So I'm going to be here to assist you in the process because of all this thing because it's very likely that they're not going to deal with it anywhere else if I don't help them do it which is what sometimes makes me want to jump into it because I'm like okay if he says that he doesn't want to see a therapist what do I do I can't force them to go talk to somebody about these things but I can't address it either so there's that that kind of conflict that I have inside me I was like I'm I'm sometimes it feels like I'm not helping enough or I have this ability that I'm not sharing just because of you know, the lines that I have to follow. But it's something that I want to keep exploring. And I think our field continues to explore in ways that we can best um, manage that gray. And that is why I still want to get both license, the licensed mental health counselor and the CNPC uh, to figure out how I can do that in the future. Yeah. And I do think it is, yeah, it is definitely kind of an area the field continues to grapple with. And certainly I know for myself, like having a background as a clinical psychologist, like, yeah, whenever I'm working with an athlete or working with a team, right, I can't help but see kind of the group dynamics and, and the way that they're, each of their kind of like mental health issues is coming into the team and coming into their performance. And I, I have found that in a lot of ways extremely helpful. Uh, because then that like tunes me in, in terms of what I need to talk about, how that stuff connects to performance. But yeah, feeling that pull, wanting to be like, yes, let's have a meeting and talk more about, right. you know, like your anxiety and how that's connected right. to your mom. Right. But it's like, nope, like <laughs> I can help you get connected to the person to have that conversation. But you right. and I can keep talking about the fact that that exists for you and how that comes into your performance. Because just like you were talking right. about with the mindfulness stuff, it's like, how do I, how do I how do I get them interested in just taking a little bite? Right. And mm-hmm. it's just about like, Hey, think about that time you were salsa dancing and you stepped on that woman's foot. Right. Like, like it's the right. same thing. It's like, Oh, here we are again. You know, you're yelling at the coach and we're having this conversation and you're telling me about your dad. Like that seems like a really important connection. I want you to go talk to this person about that because this is the fourth time we've talked about it. Right. Like just showing them That's this right. is really important. And even teaching them where the connection lies, like maybe talking a little bit about, you know, briefly, like about the brain and how like, you know, experiencing this trauma, like kind of rearranged your brain a little bit. And in terms that the whole be able to kind of grasp it and say like, this has happened, this is normal what's happening to you. Like this is, there's nothing wrong with you, right? You're not bad. There's, you're responding to your life experiences. And yes, we can practice our bandages, but we can also fix it, right? Or in, in a way, like make peace with it, right? And you can do that by like getting, like getting you hand by hand with somebody else. Right, because we have choices. I mean, that to me is so much about mindfulness. I, I find myself talking about that a lot when I'm doing mindfulness right. work with people. It's like, it empowers you to make choices. When you are more aware of what's going on internally and externally, when you're when you're more aware of all of these different pieces of the puzzle that impact you, right? Suddenly you have more options, right? And making the choice to go see a therapist, making the choice to take a few deep breaths before you pitch, like those are all choices and they all have an impact. And if you weren't aware, right? You didn't have that choice before. Right, it's because nobody, nobody has Sorry. let them know that they do. Right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mean to speak over you. I, I was just going to, you know, the, the two big mindfulness skills that we talk about in MSB are awareness and acceptance. And 
Tim, you point out awareness. And I, I was actually thinking of acceptance in a lot of what Francis <laughs> is bringing up because, you know, to be able to accept like, yeah, this, this is a thing. And this is, mm-hmm. you're a whole human being. This, this is a part of your experience. And we're going to make the choice to focus on this part of it right now. There's this other person over here who might be able to help you focus on this other part of it. But we're going to acknowledge that this is all part of the picture. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and certainly I know like when we were writing our book, I, I interviewed a lot of coaches about their, their perceptions of mental training and mindfulness. And at least at the time now already, this, this was a handful of years ago, but, but there's this fear and sport about going there in a lot of cases. Like, I don't want to ask about those things. I don't want to acknowledge that side. We just want to focus on the performance side. And, and it's so refreshing to hear like the work that you're doing, like, no, let's, let's acknowledge that. Let's acknowledge how that's impacting your performance. And let's acknowledge that too. So we can get you what you need so that you can be the healthiest person possible. Um, that's, that's really different than how it was even like 10 years ago. That's a big oh. shift. Well, even talking about acceptance with, you know, coaches and staff and players, um, in my experience, that's been, has been a challenge, you know, because you, you say acceptance and they had to automatically think that you're telling them, oh, you mean that I need to accept that I'm not good right now? Like, I can't do that. That's mm-hmm. not, that's mediocrity, right? And I'm like, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's accept the fact that it's, it's hard, right? It, it is, let's just accept the fact that the, the stats for a player coming 16 years old, signed internationally to make it to the big leagues, it, they're bad, right? There are chances that, very low chances that he's going to make it to the big league. So let's accept that and accept that it's going to be hard. And in that way, you kind of let go of the pressure of it and you focus on what's actually going to help you with it rather than like focusing on the fact, the things that you can't control. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I hear that so much. You know, it's, it means um, I'm giving up, I'm quitting, I'm mediocre. Mm -hmm. That's unacceptable. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing how whoever you talk to or wherever they're working, you hear those same lines over and over. It's amazing. Well, it's right. I mean, like that's our, I think both our natural tendency, but also the way we're taught to think, right. To just immediately project that into the future, right? Because that's not acceptance, that's resignation. That's saying like, oh, conditions are this one particular way right now and they're gonna be this way forever. You just want me to accept that I'm bad? Like, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying in this moment right now, maybe you're not performing at the level you wanna be performing at. And if you just beat yourself up about that instead of accept it and figure out what I can do in this moment to get to the place I wanna get to, right? You're never gonna be able to make the choices you're gonna need to make in order to improve. But it's such a, I don't know, it can be really hard to get people to see it that way. Absolutely, but that's why the ice meditation helps, right? So I think that ice is a a good example of how you, you have to accept that it's gonna hurt at the beginning, right? That you're gonna hold on to this ice and it's gonna burn your hand for a little bit. And you can you can let go, right? And not accept it and be like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. That's, you know, that's hard. Or you can, you know, hold on to it and there'll come a point will, where you're gonna focus on your breath or focus on your thoughts and your emotions. And that's gonna help the pain or the discomfort turn into something, you know, I'm going to tolerate it and it's not as painful anymore. And Hey, the same thing happens with your, with your career. The same thing happens when you're running. The same thing happens when you're at the gym, you know, at the beginning it's really hard or certain parts are very hard, except that that's, that's, that it's supposed to be hard and you'll be able to focus on what's going to help you get through that rather than the fact that you're doing something that's hard. You saying that just reminded me of, 
kind of an experience that I had when we were doing the ice meditation that I, the, the ice cube was sitting there in the palm of my hand, my hand was open um, and it was very uncomfortable, but I got to this place where I was like, oh, I can deal with this, but I couldn't deal with it if my hand were closed in a fist around the ice cube. Like I had that thought. And then I was like, oh, well, let me close my hand around the ice cube and see what that's like. And so I did. I made the fist around the ice cube. And well, guess what? I could handle that. Right. But it was just this like, oh, that immediate reaction of like, what's my limit? Like, what am I not going to be able to do? Like, that's such a familiar place for our mind to go. Right. And to, to actively give me the chance to challenge that. And be like, wait a second, that was just a thought. Like, I can absolutely handle it if my hand is closed around this. And taking that, right, just that one kind of minute lived experience and apply it in this broad way to like these really meaningful things in their lives, right? It's gonna be so liberating, I would imagine. Yeah, it's super powerful to be able to, you know, notice those thoughts and just call them thoughts and not call them truth, right? Mm -hmm. and, and be able to kind of step back from those and not let those affect your performance and affect, you know, your, your emotions in the moment and just saying like, hey, okay, here comes that doubt that often lingers around that it's absolutely normal because I'm doing something that's really hard, right? Hey, thought, hey, hey, doubt, you know, there you are. I don't want you. I don't need you. Bye, you know, and focus back on like what you need. And, and that's, you know, I try to sell it that way to them as well. It's like, you know, you are going to have these thoughts. You are going to have these emotions. You're going to have days where it's going to be great. And you're going to have days that it's not going to be. And that is all part of it. And you are here for a reason, right? And, and going back to those reasons and going back to like, let's pay attention to this moment. What can you, what your abilities, right? Your strengths, how can they help you better take advantage of this moment? And that's gonna, you go by that moment by moment, that's gonna make the rest happen beautifully. Well, I think, you know, you mentioned in there too, they have the choice, right? To let go of the ice. But, but I think anything like this that, that induces discomfort is such a great way to introduce mindfulness to yeah. athletes because it's so universal to the athletic experience that we're going to experience discomfort. And, and how do we actually give them practice at having those thoughts, right? Which, which is so different, right? Let's like, actually, let's make you uncomfortable on purpose so that you get practice in managing uncomfortable thoughts because that's exactly what's going to happen to you in a game situation. Um, I, I just, I mean, that, that's part of what gets me so excited about mindfulness and all these different creative ways we can, we can do that. Um, but, but I, I, I almost certainly I'm going to borrow this exercise. I, I love it. Um, so it's interesting that you said a Mets, a, a Mets coach recommended it. It's like, you guys are in the same division. You're collaborating on these innovative <laughs> ideas. <laughs> We, yeah, we, we went to grad school together. So we have a, uh, okay. a, a, a deeper, deeper roots uh, I got relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I know we're running short on time. I'll maybe get you out on this, on this one last question, just cause I'm so curious about asking. So I, I think it's important for our listeners to have the context too, that I think you mentioned to me before we recorded your department has only been in existence for four years. So, so mm -hmm. a lot of what you're talking about today is incredibly new, mm -hmm. incredibly new. Your role is new. All this work that you're doing is new. And so I realized this could probably be a very big topic, but maybe as succinctly as possible to kind of say like, what is your vision for the future? Where do you see this going in terms of your work and, and how it's being integrated into a, a major league baseball system, like the one that you work in, and especially with, um, the particular population within the organization that you work with. It's, it's such a fascinating direction that, that you're leading. So where do you see it going? 
So um, my coworker, Hannah Huseman, uh, coordinator of our department, she, she shared this with me once and I, you asked this question of division and, and this comes to mind. She goes, Francis, sometimes like the, you know, the, the focus, the priority is not necessarily the players. Sometimes the priority is the culture, then the staff and coaches and then the players. So when I think about the vision, I, I, that comes to mind because I think we've, we've worked very hard and, and done a really good job of trying to make this part of the culture of the team, right? How do we make mental performance something that is normal? How do we make it something that, that we all do, coaches, players, even ourselves as mental performance coaches, we do mental performance training for ourselves. And, and the, you know, if we continue to work on, on that piece and the integration piece, like, okay, how do we maybe have everybody doing some sort of like breathing in the middle of a drill, right? How do we have them doing it while they're throwing bullpens and, and, and have it be common language for everybody? And that's what I see for the future for specifically our department and for myself too, and growing to explore that integration piece and make it as normal as, as possible in any organization at any level. That's great. Thank you. That was, that was beautifully succinct. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us today, friend. This, this was really interesting and super fun uh, to, yeah. to talk about these things and, and to hear about the fascinating work and important work that you're doing. And um, as Tim said at the beginning, you really are leading the way in this. And, yeah. and so thank you for sharing with us today. Really. Yeah, thank, well, thank you so much. Thank you guys for, you know, the opportunity to be here and for the platform to be able to discuss these things with, you know, you guys and everybody who's listening. So thank you very much. It's an honor. Yeah. Well, and I imagine people may be listening, may want more information. So, so, and anything you're willing to share, any ways that people can get more information about you or can reach out to you if they want to hear more about the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's EDM um, Francis. Um, so EDM as an education master, Francis, uh, Francis S. Cardenas. I think that would be the easiest way to find me. Um, Instagram as well, uh, Francis S. 06. So feel free to reach out there or via email fcardenas at feelings.com. It's also like my email. It's out there in the world. So feel free to reach out whenever. Oh, thank you. Um, and, and we want to thank, um, as well, all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in and, and thank you to, as always, to Carol Glass, our colleague for all of her support of the podcast behind the scenes. And thank you to Taylor Brown, our wonderful producer of Enduro Mind. Um, and if you're interested in reaching out to us, the MSP Institute, uh, you can visit our website at www.mindfulsportperformance.org. Um, you can also visit our YouTube page, which is a companion to our podcast, and we post all of our meditations. And so we'll post the ice meditation up there when we release Francis's episode. So be sure to check out our YouTube page. Um, you can also visit our MSBE Facebook page. Uh, our podcast also has an Instagram page at, at mindful underscore sport underscore podcast. Uh, and my Twitter handle, Dr. Keith Kaufman is at mindful sport doc. So feel free to reach out if we can be of help or if you want more information. Um, so thank you again to everyone who listened. Thank you, Francis, and we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.